Hey everyone, Jason Torchinski here. And first, thanks for listening. Second, that sound you're hearing is our own David Tracy with a big mouthful of marbles. Why? Because of our great new sponsor, Marble. What's that, David? You're saying Marble's the first and only all-in-one insurance management and rewards platform? That it allows you to organize all your policies, earn rewards, and take control of your risk today? Yes, I don't have a cost on us, Oh, and you're saying it's fast and easy to set up, as it'll put all your different insurance policies in one place for you. It's free, and it'll automatically alert you if your rates are about to increase. <laughs> oh, yes, good point, David. You get marbles, which you can redeem for rewards or use to donate to charity. How many marbles did you get? Mm-hmm. Holy crap, that's a lot of marbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did you just swallow the marbles? Oh, no. Uh, just a couple. <sighs> okay, look, the good news is you can also add your health insurance policies to marble as well. In fact, if you upload your ID cards, you can keep all of your various insurance information in one place. Great. That's great, because um, I swallowed more than just a couple. Do we need to drive you to the hospital? Yeah. But right after we remind people, they can go to joinmarble.co slash Autopian to sign up and support this podcast and get rewarded just for organizing their lives, which you and I should do a little more of, let's be honest. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian. I just said that, Jason. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian. Okay, I get the last word. All right, but we better get in the car because you're not looking so good. Utopian podcast brought to you by Marvel. Uh, we are uh, here at the LA Auto Show, excited yep. because we have some guests. We have Kristen Lee from Motor Trend, um, who is here to um, show her uh, Motor Trend investigates uh, piece. Um, so we're excited. We're going to talk about that, and then we have Till Vartenberg, head of N Brand and Motorsport at Hyundai. Yeah. Um, hey guys, welcome. Thanks oh. for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming thanks out. For having me. Um, it's going to be fun. You're here to show off a, a new vehicle, right? A, a, the Ionic 5N? It's the Ionic 5N, yes. The first all-electric vehicle from our N brand. Uh, yep, yeah, awesome. We, so we're an enthusiast site, the Autopian. And um, that car sort of falls into the sort of umbrella of what we're interested in. Can you sort of tell us about that car and um, why enthusiasts should be excited about it? Well, the car is uh, simply spoken, sets the new standard of high-performance EVs. I mean, it's a... Quite high expectation, and uh, we promise a lot. Uh, we have had the world premiere at the Goodwood um, uh, Festival of Speed in July, and we had a couple of um, interested car enthusiasts already in the car, and whatever they, their response is, is, is phenomenal. So we believe uh, this car is ready for the American market. Huh. There's that clutch kit. Yeah, the clutch you kick see that clutch thing. kick kick feature? What are, you, what are you calling it? The clutch kick thing? There's no clutch. I know, but there's, isn't there a simulated thing? The simulated clutch kick. T- to give, like, for drifting. We, Surely oh, you read your own we, press are, kit. Are we talking about the same car? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> it's an EV. There is no clutch. Sure Come there on, is, man. next to the carburetor. The clutch kick. You are it's, confusing it's in, people. It's in the press kit. It, I, it basically, according to the press kit, simulates uh, if you're going around a turn and you let off the clutch and you drift. It's like a drift mode, right? It's a torque kick. 
Torque kick. Torque kick. Torque kick. So everything is simulated. Everything is via software. And uh, what we're trying to do is reinterpret how high performance works with EVs. Right. So we, we take the brakes. Uh, we take the torque. Uh, we balance the car out so it does instantaneous turn-ins. Um, we have an end pedal, three levels. It goes all the way up to 0.6 G um, decelerating force. And uh, you can actually drive this car like it's a combustion engine race car. It also has brakes that are like 15-inch front rotors, right? 15 inches in the front? I think you're right. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a big, giant, that giant that's front big, brakes. Like for platter. an EV, yeah. That's for an EV, for any car, because... I think the the Urus is like 16.1 or something, oh. and uh, I think the front brakes on the C7 ZS ZR1 was was like 15, something like that. Well, this one has 400 millimeters diameter brake pads in the front, four piston brakes, and uh, I think 360 millimeters on the back. Do you need and all that braking? No, force you don't, because we in, we interpret region braking fully new. Yeah. So wait, let's back like, up a like sec. 30, 40 percent of braking happens via region on the racetrack. So, wait, I just, okay, but this is, uh, an e the whole idea of an EV performance car is an interesting thing. They're all torquey, they all get all their torque from zero, they're all quick. So, what's the criteria you were looking at when you were looking at just the regular EV platform and you want to make it feel like a performance car just from scratch? What are the things you were looking to do? Very good question. Thanks. I mean, <laughs> 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 really bask in that, Jason. Yeah, I am. Feels you know, good. Give him a second. Give, give me a minute. Oh, good. Yeah, keep going. Good. Yeah. There you go. Well, I've, I've been thinking about this for a couple of years now, and I've been asked, what was the initial thought when making this, this car? And the initial thought was actually from a marketing and branding point of view. Yeah. Not to lose what we have started in 2017 with the i30N, which was, of course, a combustion engine, a very successful one. Um, so we always wanted to keep our philosophy, the characteristics of the N brand, which is a, being a corner rascal, being racetrack capable from the showroom, and being an everyday sports car. So you can also sometimes just commute and drop off your, your mail at the post office. Um, having said this, we talked to our engineers and had many, many meetings, design, engineering, uh, product division, our division. And, and we formulated the formula which is quite secret, to have a very balanced race car just electrified. Because we believe... You have a secret formula? I think there is a secret formula, which I cannot huh. tell you about. Sure it's, you it's, can. It's in like a vial in a, in a dungeon. <laughs> do, you fly in, do multiple people know this formula? Or is it just you? It's, it's just a couple very um, um, involved people. Do you fly on separate aircraft when you go places? I'm afraid of flying. Okay, that's fair. That's why he's that's why he's fast on the ground. Yeah. So I was actually thinking about this last night because I was there for the reveal um, at the Arts District, oh, cool. and um, so all of your past end products have been known for punching above their weight. You know, so they're like subcompact cars with 200 and change horsepower. You know, very buzzy, but can really go against a lot of the more established enthusiast cars that have been around for a long time. And then you come busting out the gate with this, with 641 horsepower, which is a huge jump from what you've been making. With the Grim Boost. Yes. Yes. With the Grim Boost. You have to punch that button. But that being oh. said, I think it shows how quickly electric power can, or, or how easily electric power can be given to performance. Because for you guys, internal combustion has always been four-cylinder, 
uh, and front wheel front wheel drive. Yeah. Now we have all of these things going for you relatively easily. So I think it kind of equalizes the playing field a little bit in terms of performance. And again, there isn't really a performance EV out there just yet in this capacity. There are sporty EVs, but most of them are SUVs like trucks and next snapping hybrid cars, but not this. So this is new territory and the fact that you've been able to do it relatively quickly without any sort of like middle ground, I think, as I said, like shows the flexibility of electric power. Yeah, fully. I can only agree, to be honest. Thank you for, uh, for that great response. Um, we do have still Albert Biermann on, on board, who, is now, who was the head of R&D and now is the, our executive consultant. So we meet a lot. He's, of course, German, also from Munich, like you. Oh, cool. So <laughs> I guess some of the... the Has my stamp of approval, then. Some of the car enthusiast DNA comes from Munich for whatever reason. I've been in Stuttgart for quite some time. Awesome. So there is two elements, which just is car enthusiastics attributes putting into this Ionic 5N. Um, but I also, also believe that it's not only that one car we are having to make, because this is reinterpreting also N-brand for the future. But just one car, Ionic 5N, although it's a great car, will not make a brand. So I think we, we have a lot of things in our portfolio for the future. You have seen the, the rolling labs last year, the RN22E and the Envision 74, the RN22E more or less being a disguised Ionic 5N in the shape of Ionic 6. Yeah. The Envision 74, um, a hybrid uh, combination of, of hydrogen fuel cell plus a battery. Right. And I think the future, whatever proposal we are having to put our NDNA into, this is actually our, our goal always, to, to do fun to drive, to make um, car enthusiasts happy, and to actually give them a little bit of hope. Because going from combustion engine to electrification, I mean, people are sad, they're crying, they're going like, where's my 24 hours race? Am I gonna be able to race that um, in the future for the next 10 years? And we believe track days as well. Can we go to the racetrack within the next couple of years when everything is EV? So we have to have an answer, and this is our responsibility in the high-performance market, to give car enthusiasts something they can enjoy. How are you uh, tackling the um, irrational, visceral things like sounds and smells and those kinds of things? Like, what are you doing to level the playing field smells? and combusting? Smells, smells are a big I, deal. I was wondering, what are those? <laughs> smells, <laughs> exhaust about? smells, rubber, no, no. hot clutch, hot clutch, <laughs> hot brakes. I mean, those are part of, when you're at a racetrack, even if your ears are plugged up and your eyes are closed, you could probably figure yeah, out where well, you are by smells. Says I really want that clutch smell on my next car. It's part of the deal, I'm saying. Have you, have you ever been to an EV race, closing your eyes, you don't know where you are? Yeah, it so could be anywhere. Yes, that's why there is sound and shifting in this car. So, okay, so, so talk about that. Like, no what are you doing for the sound? No smell, no There's no smells? No. <laughs> well, you can work on that. You got some guys at R&D making... some, like, burning rubber, like, <laughs> yeah. aroma that spritzes yeah, out. Yeah, you could have, like a, like, a Glade plug-in for, you know, burned clutch. Maybe once they invent some more sustainability materials so you don't yeah. have any more rubber on the tires, then, oh, yeah. then we'll think about smells. Mm, yeah, burning hemp tires. But, um, so, okay, so what, what kind of sound stuff are you doing? You're artificially generating sound? Yes, there's uh, eight speakers on the inside, uh, Bose speakers, and two speakers uh, on the outside. And uh, we have three different sounds at this moment. What are those sounds? The first one is called ignition. Okay. Simulating the, the eight-speed uh, DCT transmission. So once you're in there, it has a rev limiter at 
8,500 RPMs, although the car can actually go 21,000 RPMs. Whoa. Uh, it has that, that jolt where you shifting, you have um, um, pedal shifts. Oh, so, so you're faking a, uh, or you're simulating a yeah, simulate. jolt. We never say fake. Not fake, simulating. <laughs> of course <Yeah>. not. <laughs> Pantomiming. No, honestly, you can, you can drive like a normal EV, turn everything off, and then it's quite not very exciting. When you turn sound and shifting on, you really feel like you're in a combustion engine car. And, huh. and once you hit that rev limiter, you think you're breaking the engine. So the 8,000 RPM, that's actually, the, it's actually like, it's full. taken from. It's not real. Like it's not limiting the motors. Are right? no. it's just sort of no. looks it's like all it. simulated. Yeah, it's all. all. But it does things to you, and it gives you that that sensation of driving. You're fully in control, and it gives you all the the the, the cues you need on a racetrack or even in, in normal city driving. I w my um, moment where I where I realized this was great. What we have done is actually when we were driving a competitor car. I'm not going to say which one on the racetrack against the Ionic 5N. And, and one of the people who were driving it got motion sickness in the car. <laughs> That's <laughs> the goal. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know what the car was talking about. So he was human and, and machine was completely disconnected. Huh. Then he went into the Ionic 5N and all of that stopped. He was completely okay within seconds. Because he had enough physical and auditory because cues. He, he had that, that interaction with what he was working with. So that was wonderful. And uh, to me, it was the, the biggest confirmation of, uh, that our engineers did a good job and, and we actually talked in the way car enthusiasts will talk about. Because this is what we always do. We always look at the response of our car enthusiasts. What do they want? What would they like to have? And what is their expectation for us to put on the street? So there's really no limit to what you could simulate with an electric car, right? Like you, if you wanted to simulate like a rotary engine feel, you could do that, right? If you wanted to simulate a, a, a diesel engine, you could. You could uh, change the torque response to your pedal, right? You, you could do anything. You wouldn't. I, I would think so. <laughs> Does anyone want that? I mean, yeah. imagine, imagine. I want like a rough idle with like one plug <laughs> not firing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could simulate a horse. Well, it's, it's like the impossible. This is like an impossible burger, well, basically. You know what? We're like simulating meat down to the fake blood. No, no. Imagine a car. You sit down in it. Okay. You've got, you open up your infotainment screen, and you can choose any car. Any car. You want to choose an old, like, Elantra 2003? You <laughs> click it. You get the same torque curve. You get the same sound. You can, like, have actuators in the car to make it vibrate the same way. You yeah. There's actually vibrators in the, in the car. Oh, there are? It sounds a little funny right now, but there it, is. Right. Yeah. Okay. Useful. Yeah. A lot of our cars have vibrators in them at some point. So where are they, where are they vibrating? Like what are they? Where are they? They're not shaking? in there yet. But oh, they're not in there so yet. We have to take them out because it was too much, too real. Oh really? Yeah. That's pretty fun. Wait, well, so you actually come. you they had actuators in there to make it feel like a yes. The, the bucket seats were were actually vibrating. Oh my god! Like a rough idle, like in your '72 Pinto setting. So to like simulate, you cannot see them now. To so. simulate a gas car, is that the point of? No, to simulate the feel of of, of driving. Oh, we're not really just simulating old traditional current cars. We would like to go the next level and actually simulate whatever an EV does to you. But maybe that's the next car which is coming. Huh. This is the one to watch, I think. I mean, so yesterday um, we were talking about brands that are delivering on the enthusiast front because Toyota got brought up. They're making the GR Corolla, there's GR86, right. there's a Supra. Really cool stuff. Tacoma's coming back. And then it's like, who besides Toyota? And resoundingly, the answer is Hyundai because they're doing N. Um, the N cars are great. Yeah. Anybody who's driven them knows that. And like, 
now that there's a NEV, like this is not, I feel just some vanity experiment. Like it really sounds like they like walk the walk here. Who's driving this car? Actually? I can't tell. Is that you? I think it's Derek. Some oh. dark glasses. <laughs> I think it's Derek. It is it you? Like, it looks like some lift right there. Whoever's listening to this doesn't know who Derek is, but Derek is a dear friend. Um, what what is the what is the next uh, like uh, most powerful Hyundai? Like before, like ga- what about gasoline Hyundai? Like before EVs, what was the next most powerful one? This has got to be significantly more powerful than any. The Ionic Five N. Yeah, before that, like what was the next? Chevron. <laughs> the Tiburon. <laughs> yeah. It's probably just the regular Ionic. Yeah. Right? You mean horsepower-wise? Horsepower, or? yeah. Gasoline. Uh, excuse me, N. Uh, N. Oh, yeah, N. yeah. Well, Sorry. Well, I meant N. The, the keep ne- in mind, the, Hyundai the also ne- makes container ships. The next Actually, <laughs> could I be one of those. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. most powerful Probably the most powerful Hyundai you can get. Yeah. But we never really packaged it into a car. You haven't? <laughs> next. You get no, the container ship. We have a actually N1 cup car from the Avante N in the Korean market which is the Elantra N here in the U.S., and it has 315 horsepowers. So that so goes That was s- the most powerful N car before EV. So you doubled it. See, that's the point I was making. Yes. Like, they it doubled it between models double. that yeah. easily. Like that. Just like that, because they just changed the powertrain. That's up. true. That doesn't happen often. No, it doesn't happen no, often. that's a big deal. Because you think about, like... 5 seconds to zero to 60 miles per hour, so it, it's also much faster. So that's like Toyota saying, okay, so our GR Corolla makes 300 horsepower. And then the next thing that comes out with, I don't know, like maybe the BZ4X GR (laughs) makes 650 horsepower. That's what that leap is. Yeah, you're right. It's a good point. It comes with extra weight. Yeah. It does. So you have to move, you have to account for it. We also always have to talk about the the downside. It's 2.2 tons. Wow. And to make that feel nimble is actually was the biggest challenge for our engineers and I, I think they, they did a pretty good job there, there's everything in there from braking to accelerating to the power we need to to make that car feel as light as possible so 2.2 tons 4400 pounds roughly 40 somewhere around there you do the math so. yeah. that's the other thing because this is uses the egmp platform right which yes, is also is. the one that's in the kia ev9 which is ev6 ev6 with does the ev9 not use the egmp you would have to ask somebody from Kia. I feel like all the electric cars are used. <laughs> so, uh, Kia and Hyundai, Kia, Hyundai, completely different companies. They don't, <laughs> even, they don't even talk, we don't to talk each about other. that one. But also, <laughs> that's the we keep each other separated, but we talk every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, just like my parents. So that's why you know it shows the versatility of the platform that you can put it in like big SUVs and also. I mean, everybody calls it kind of like a hot hatch. This is not size as a hot hatch, it's big. But to be able to make it do that just shows the versatility of these like skateboard platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the weight's all low, which is helpful, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I think, two and a half centimeters lower than, than the Ionic 5. It's, of course, it's eight oh. centimeters longer. Uh, that's one inch. Wider. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. I, I cannot think in <laughs> inches yet. But this is, is a little bit like coming home because when I was young, I was uh, living in California for a year. So somehow I feel very satisfied to come back here and like 36, 37 years la- later afterwards and then bring the Ionic 5 into LA. Wow. It's, it's, it's a personal, uh, yeah, a personal success somehow. So I'm, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Well, well thank you very great. much. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And Do we um, have more time? Because I had a couple other things I wanted to ask we about. Have, okay, we have time for, for uh, you to ask a weird question and then for Kristen to plug her movie. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Historically, Hyundai in the past, the first things they actually started building were Cortinas. 
Ford which Cortinas. You assembled them. Yeah, you, yeah, you built, you built Cortinas, which so was kind of a assembled. sporty car. The Cortina had a little sporty heritage. How much digging back into the past was done? Because I know for the N, the N74, you went right to the Pony. Absolutely. The, the Pony had a, a coupe concept car, which right. was a sporty car. It was never built. Right. Because there were some yeah, political, economical, sure, environmental the man got decisions. Yeah. Which, uh, and then, yeah, then there's the, there's a, you could, did that little Restomod Pony, uh, the EV Restomod Pony that very, you guys showed. Very, it's all lean, leaning towards our history, yes. Yeah. And uh, the, the history is short. I'm, I'm not the person who loves too much the heritage point of view, because I, I always like to look forward, but... What Hyundai has done within 60 years is something which uh, I think no other car manufacturer has done. And the, the car manufacturer was working there before who invented the car. Um, Jason, don't say I don't. I don't believe that's true. You don't believe it's true? <laughs> no, they it's did not. Mercedes did not invent the car. 1769. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> no okay. steam drag. Well, I still believe in it. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. Don't, Jason, don't relax, be fooled. Relax. We have a guest here. Nice. All right. It's fine. <laughs> no, but what I'm it's trying wrong. to say is yeah. I think Hyundai is, is always future-oriented. and I live in Korea. I live in Seoul for three and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And actually, the culture is so forward-thinking and so progressive that they never look back. And huh. it was difficult to actually talk about their history because they sometimes don't feel proud of it. They just feel like we've got to move forward. And I think this is one of the key success factors of, of the Korean culture. And I can think of Hyundai a few people a who could take the, that example, take that lesson. What's that? I can think of a few people who could take that lesson. Shameful yeah. past, stop talking about yeah. it. It's not a bad philosophy <laughs> in some yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, okay, well, yes. um, we are going to... Um, like Christian Plugger thing. Well, okay, Ooh, let's, let's tee thing. it up real quick. Okay. We're talking about Mexico and car culture. You, you've been to Mexico? Sure, yeah, of course. What was car Home culture like? In Mexico? Like, what kind of cars? I, well, I they're mostly there for old Beatles. For the Vochitos. There's a ton of old Beatles. A ton of old Beatles still there. And uh, that's, that's what I, the old air-cold VWs but in Mexico. That's but what things I liked. are changing, right? I'm told. Dot, dot, dot. They are. I was just there. It's very different. What's happened, Kristen? Tell us. So in the past few years, there has been a massive influx in Chinese automakers landing in Mexico and selling wares there. There's no factories yet, but you know they're selling the Chinese-made cars in Mexico, Chinese brands like BYD and Jack and Cherry, everything like that, it's in Mexico, which is really exciting. So we went down there to see what was going on because the big question, of course, here in the United States is, where's the Chinese cars? We've been talking about it for years, where's the Chinese cars? And for years, it made sense for them to, to come here because they're ship boxes and they were like, <laughs> not good. Yeah. But you go to Mexico, they're brand new, they're electric, and they're really good because what had happened was during the pandemic, everyone shut their stuff down and the Chinese government was essentially like, okay, so we're gonna incentivize the hell out of battery production, EV production for our citizens to buy electric cars and we're gonna really, really buff up the public charging system, public charging infrastructure. So now China's uh, EV take rate is like skyrocketing and wow. these automakers are looking to expand. Obviously the United States being like the second biggest car market in the world, third, something like that. Yeah. This is the obvious next step. However, there are significant headwinds, mostly political, so I think and this is what we kind of unearth in our documentary, which is called Motor Trend Investigates. China's big bet on Mexico is that China is betting on Mexico to be the segue into the North American market. Uh, how's the charging network in Mexico? Bad. Okay. Not good. Like ours. Yeah, like yeah. ours. But, you know, it's a really fledgling um, EV economy. So I think the Mexican government is very gung-ho about it. So I yeah. think like it's going to move pretty fast. Um, but the, the Chinese EVs that we saw there were really nice. Like we drove a BYD Ram Plus, and uh, it's you know about the size of uh, like a like a Rav Four 
about there. Um, and it's like pretty affordable if you wanna talk about like EVs pricing because it's always a little more expensive, but mm -hmm. you get in this thing and the quality is really nice. It rides really well. It's totally usable. It looks nice. So I think the days of like the crap can Chinese copycat cars are over because they're, they're like coming out swinging with these um, really nice, well-appointed EVs. And as like a pro US consumer person, I'm like, if they land in here, like it would give a lot of people a lot of things to compete with, which would ultimately hopefully drive down prices, which is only better for the American buyer. Yeah. So that's my hope. It's going to be difficult because there's a lot of anti-Chinese sentiment right now um, in the government and nationally. But, you know, if uh, if we allow capitalism to do capitalism things like they would come here and they would give uh, all the existing players something to um, something, to, something to work with. Huh. Especially I mean, if they're built here, that would be. That'd yeah, be yeah. I don't think they would be built here. No. Yeah. Because, so that's the thing. It's like they're investing in um, Mexico, so probably they're going to be investing in Mexican manufacturing, which is already world-class. We know this. Right, yeah. Mm. So, you know, if the U.S. market doesn't take these cars, it doesn't mean they can't go to Canada, they can't sure. go to the rest of Latin America, even to Europe, because it is right yeah. across the Atlantic. Mm. Wow. So it's a really strategic move to do this. Mm. Um, so it'll be really interesting to watch in the next few years. We are getting the wave. Well, that sounds fascinating. Well, well, so how do, we'll how do, we, uh, yeah, how do we, we watch this? this? Oh, yes. Okay. So if you are here today at the LA Auto Show, we are doing a screening at the theater room, and that is room 411 at 3.15 p.m., followed by a Q&A with uh, me and Miguel, who is my co-star, and one of the um, journalists that we spoke to in Mexico. Okay. Or it is on YouTube. It is on the Motor Trend YouTube channel. It is not paywalled because we wanted what? everyone to see it. Oh, yeah. And then maybe let it affect public policy, which is already happening and has been cited in a paper that has been uh, shown Hot to government damn. people. Look at that. I know. That's I amazing. Know. Little old us. Fantastic. But anyway, please give it a watch. Um, and thank you for the plug. Awesome. That's amazing. I'm, that's exciting. All right. It sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Kristen Lee, for joining us here on the podcast. Yes, Till thank Martinberg, thank you so much. Till, it was for, a treat. Thank Thanks you for coming out. Talking enthusiast cars. Thanks a whole bunch. Yeah. You guys are hilarious. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> thank you. Well, that's right. it for uh, the Autopian podcast. Yeah, um, we've got more uh, podcasts coming from here at the LA Auto Show. How many are we shooting today, David? Like four? Five? Five. A lot. Jesus. Rad. Yeah, a lot of them. 5N, yes, 5N. I meant to ask where N came Don't from. Don't forget the N. Why, why N? Before we Nürburgring. Go, what do you think? Is Nürburgring is oh, Nürburgring? Is there's, a, there's a chicane in the Nürburgring. There's three reasons. Three reasons? Nürburgring, the, the N. Chicane. The yeah. chicane and, and one more. Numinousness. Numinousness. No, Namyang. No. Oh. Namyang, the R&D center close to Seoul. Oh, and what's All the third right. one? That's two. Nürburgring, the R&D center. Oh, and the chicane. Oh, oh, oh. Chicane slows you down, though. All right, whatever. It's a great this note. Great grip. 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 Okay, that's okay. a great <laughs> note to end on. <laughs> it's a great letter. Now you know what the N means in Hyundai. Yeah, I didn't know Thank that. Thank you for that's joining us on the Utopian Podcast, sponsored by Mark. Thank you. Hey everyone, Jason Torchinsky here. And first, thanks for listening. Second, that sound you're hearing is our own David Tracy with a big mouthful of marbles. Why? Because of our great new sponsor, Marble. <laughs> What's that, David? You're saying Marble's the first and only all-in-one insurance management and rewards platform? That it allows you to organize all your policies, earn rewards, and take control of your risk today? Yes, I don't have a question, I think. 
Oh, and you're saying it's fast and easy to set up as it'll put all your different insurance policies in one place for you. It's free and it'll automatically alert you if your rates are about to increase. <laughs> oh, yes, good point, David. You get marbles, which you can redeem for rewards or use to donate to charity. How many marbles did you get? Mm -hmm. Holy crap, that's a lot of marbles. Mm -hmm. uh, did, did you just swallow the marbles? Oh, no. Uh, just a couple. Uh, okay, look, the good news is you can also add your health insurance policies to marble as well. In fact, if you upload your ID cards, you can keep all of your various insurance information in one place. Great. That's great because um, I swallowed more than just a couple. Do we need to drive you to the hospital? Yeah. But right after we remind people they can go to joinmarble.co slash Autopian to sign up and support this podcast and get rewarded just for organizing their lives, which you and I should do a little more of. Let's be honest. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian. I just said that, Jason. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian. Okay, I get the last word. All right, but we better get in the car because you're you're not looking so good. <laughs>